0: All right. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Celebrity Interviews brought to you by the Firestone High School class of 72. This is in a collaboration with a commemorative ebook that we like to call Akron Rocks. It's our 50 year celebration and reunion this year. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. And yeah, you heard it right. It's 50 years. It's amazing. So uh, this is Daryl Scotty here with my classmates, Steve Schwartz and Roger Marks. Our guest today is a legend in the sport of swimming, Mark Schubert. Uh, He's a Firestone High School alumni graduating in 1967. He's a member of the American Swimming Coaches Association Hall of Fame and the International Swim Coaches Association Hall of Fame. So, Coach Schubert has placed 22 swimmers on U.S. Olympic teams. It's quite a task. He's had winning uh, 12 gold, uh, seven silver or a bronze medal. They've broken 21 world records. 97 American records have been won. 160 uh, in the U.S. national invitational or individual titles with uh, 65 national titles. That is amazing. Coach, welcome to the show. Uh, Quite a legacy. We don't
1: don't count the silver medals or the bronze medals, it's just the (laughs) golds. That's
0: enough. That's enough. Uh,
2: We like to talk to our guests about uh, the city of Akron. Uh, We're here to celebrate uh, the rubber city and the folks that live in it, the folks that come from Akron, including yourself. Uh, I want to go back in time a little bit. Uh, You had indicated earlier off the uh, microphone, so to speak, that you moved into Akron when you were in junior high school. Uh, Tell us about life in Akron as a a young man for you. Uh, What kind of things did you like to do? Where did you hang out at? And uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up there.
1: Well, I I was interested in sports. Baseball was really my number one sport. Um, And I uh, played Pony League Baseball when I first moved to Akron. Uh, Went out to track and field, uh, was a high jumper. Uh, went out for football and, uh, got thrown off the football team because the football coach said I wasn't lifting weights hard enough. And, uh, you know, probably the, the main thing that I spent my time in was, uh, the marching band. I played trombone and me and a fellow, uh, we were sitting in the middle of the field in the heat one day. And we said, why don't we go out for the swim team? Uh, I knew how to swim. But i never swam competitively, nor had he. Uh, interestingly enough, we both swam breaststroke. Uh, we were first and second chair trombonists, and uh, we left the band and joined the swim team.
2: What did Mr. Lentine have to say about that?
1: Well, um, he was a nice too happy. guy. He was a nice guy, but you know, one time I can't remember what I did. I might've missed class and I got paddled. And after that, he wasn't my favorite.
2: Okay. Enough said, Uh, enough said.
0: That's motivation.
2: Uh, Yeah. What was your mindset at the time, uh, when you were on the swim team? I understand that, that like the football team, you didn't make it on the swim team either. Uh, tell
1: us what happened well actually i did make it on the swim team i was the third breaststroker and uh dick wells was kind of my hero he was the the coach and he made swimming fun uh everybody looked forward to it every day uh we loved his personality and i remember when i was uh, a junior I had to write a term paper on what I was going to do, uh, for a career. And I wrote my term paper that I wanted to be a high school coach like Dick. And that was actually my, my dream at that time.
2: Right. And did, did coach Wells, uh, you had indicated you liked coach Wells. Uh, he was a nice guy and all, what did coach Wells do that helped you in your career path as a swim coach? Well, who else inspired you? By the way,
1: I think uh, you know swimming is a tough sport, and uh, it's not rocket science. We say work works, and uh, it takes a lot of work. It takes takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of pain, and I love to train. And that's kind of how I got into it. And eventually I, I uh, earned a scholarship to the University of Kentucky. But but Dick taught us that, you know, he taught us that work ethic. And uh, I, I wouldn't say he's a tough coach, but he was an encouraging, positive coach. And uh, one thing he did for me, we had a junior varsity and a, and a varsity swim team. I was on the varsity swim team. Saturday mornings, our junior varsity team would swim the other teams in Akron. And he would allow me to make up the lineups. And he wasn't even there. I would make up the lineups. And the assistant coach would coach the team. And that was going pretty well. But then one time we swam Buchdahl. And all of a sudden, the lineup wasn't going the way I anticipated it. So I had to call Dick. And he had to call in all the varsity swimmers so we didn't lose the meet.
3: Andrew, you're up. Yeah, I got one uh, for you, Coach. Uh, you know, you've been involved in swimming on so many different levels from high school to college, Olympic level. You know, we know that uh, recently you be uh, became involved in uh, a private club. You've been involved in Mission Viejo as one uh, example. And then you've taken the coaching duties at Swim El Toro. Uh, what's the difference in, in coaching in those various levels of uh, swim teams versus high school, college, or uh, a swim team club?
1: Well, I enjoy coaching club personally because it's actually developing swimmers. Uh, College swimming was a blast. I was a college coach for 18 years. But college coaching is recruiting. Uh, If you don't get the the talent, you're not going to do well. And once you got the talent, uh, like I said before, it's not rocket science. You just give them the training and encouragement and they do well with high school kids. You really have to teach them the sport. You have to teach them the technique. You have to have to get them to learn how to train, how to swimming training and weight training. And, uh, in my mind, when I coach club, I had a lot more to do with the development of the kids.
3: Interesting. And that bears out with other folks we've talked to. We talked to, as, as, uh, Daryl mentioned, Keith Ambrot, and he, uh, really had some, some similar views as a basketball coach. I could kind of, uh, venture into a, another area for a moment. Uh, Firestone obviously has had a rich tradition to this day of, of, uh, fire, of, uh, swimmers and a couple of folks off the top of my head, Mark Angloff, and Phil Boggs are both Olympic uh winners in uh Mark Angloff and the the medley relay gold winner and Phil Boggs as as a diver in nineteen seventy six. You had to have come in contact and perhaps been close with some of these guys. Did you have a little bit of a fraternity or did you ever coach uh any of the Firestone uh, uh exceptional swimmers or divers?
1: Well Phil Boggs was in my class and uh, was certainly a dear friend, and uh, all the swimmers were very close, and uh, we were like a fraternity, and uh, I did have the opportunity to go to the 76 Olympics. That was my first Olympics, Uh, and interestingly enough, I coached Paraguay because I had a swimmer on my Mission Viejo team from Paraguay, and he asked me to go as a coach, so I got a pass. But I got a chance to watch Phil uh, win, and that was really quite a thrill um and then, with Mark Angloff, um I coached the team that he was on. I didn't coach him personally; I wasn't his personal coach, but I was one of the coaches on the team, and uh, we had a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of laughs about Firestone. and obviously, I was real proud of him as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it must have been a thrill to to see uh, Phil, and uh, unfortunately, he uh, left us at a at a young age. Uh, you know, we're none. Having said that, none of us are spring chickens, and and we're facing our 50 year high school reunion this year. How how do you continue to stay motivated and stay interested in terms of coaching and, and your long term career?
1: Well, I I think. Working with uh, young athletes keeps you young. Uh, You know, I I spend four or five hours a day with 14 to 18 year olds and uh, it's amusing. I'm sure I'm amusing to them. Uh, You know, I relate a lot of stories uh, from my career to them and uh, they relate some stories to me, some of which I probably couldn't repeat But, uh, we have a lot of fun together and and that's really why I stay in it. You know, people ask me, you know, you've been doing this for 50 years. Isn't it time to retire? And I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't coach. It's just so much fun. And, uh, you know, when I put my feet on the, on the floor at four o'clock in the morning to go to morning workout, I'm a happy guy. Great. You,
2: you lasted 11 days in your last retirement. Uh, is that uh, pretty much a record for you?
1: <laughs> that, that's the only retirement I've ever had. And I retired from the Natadors and I'd, I'd been with them for quite a few years and uh, thought I was going to retire, but uh, I was bored to death in 11 days and uh, ended up... Uh, going into business with a, a guy that owned a swim team and kind of forming my own group and it's become very successful. I've only been doing it since November 1st uh, and uh, I intend to continue to do it.
0: Yeah, you know, coach, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you've been at this for for a long time and and you mentioned that, you know, work works. Uh, but, from the old school and uh and to today, with technology and computers and video and film and uh has that changed uh, any way that you you coach or you operate in terms of your business today and and uh, what's your thought on that
1: well i uh kind of grew up in the era of uh a swimming coach named Doc Councilman from Indiana, and he was really the first coach to use uh super eight film. And he used to come to Mission Viejo and film my athletes. And from that, I became very interested in video. And obviously today with a GoPro, or even with a, with an iPhone, you know, and an iPad is so easy to video people. And when we go to swim meets with video people, and it's a tremendous teaching tool. Uh, Some people are a little bit more technology oriented than I am as far as stroke rates and tempo and things of that nature, which you can measure. But I'm really more focused on technique and pacing. And uh, that's a little bit old school, but it still works for me.
0: Yeah, the the fundamentals. How how do you think um, over this last couple of years, you know, uh, there's none of us have, Not been touched in one way or another by the this pandemic. How do you feel that COVID has affected uh, the sport, and in particular the loss of fans at the uh, Summer Olympics? Uh, Did 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 you get a feel for that, or any of your your swim team, or give us a little feel for that?
1: Well, you know, everybody in California was out of the water for six weeks. And then a lot of clubs never got back because the junior colleges and the high schools didn't open up and they lost their teams. And, uh, teams like Mission Viejo, we got larger because we had a lot of people that couldn't swim elsewhere that came and swam with us. We were very fortunate because the mayor, Brian Goodell was a former gold medalist that I coached in 76 and, uh, he got us back in the pool. And he talked to the sheriff and the sheriff said, I don't think you're going to find any sheriff's deputy come and chain the gates. Cause we've got a lot more important things to do. And later when we had a little, uh, surge, I emailed Brian and I said, Brian, are, are we going to lose the pool again? And he goes, if they change the gate, hop the fence. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of the mayor's attitude. And it was, uh, was, uh, obviously special for us. As far as the fans at the Olympics, that was really kind of tragic. I had a couple swimmers from Mission Viejo that were on the team. And they said at the beginning, it really kind of affected the the atmosphere. But as the swimming went on and the United States did very well and swam some great times and had some great races, they just kind of got into the team aspect and the performance aspect and the second half they didn't really think about no fans in the
0: stands yeah I mean, the games were on you know it's a quite an achievement And the and the one that uh, we missed where the athletes never even went that that uh, that was postponed uh so uh a tough time for for athletes and professional athletes and and uh to, to go through. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners are going to be uh, interested in your take on that. And when you look back, uh, it, Coach, has there been a single accomplishment that that stands out for you as a coach or a mentor?
1: Well, I think certainly uh, Brian Goodell, who was the first uh, gold medalist that I coached uh, way back in 76, that was a, a high point. He came from behind and Swam the last four hundred meters almost as fast as the world record that he had to hold in the four hundred meters uh to win the race uh but i you know I've been very fortunate to coach some great athletes uh among them uh, Janet Evans, and uh you know people that really worked hard and uh set a great example for the rest of the team uh I recruited. I had coached Janet at the university of Texas. And then I took the job at USC in Southern California. Janet had retired, uh, after the 92 games. And I went over to her house and I said, Janet, just think, because I was the men's coach. I said, just think you could come out of retirement and train with just guys. Think how much fun that would be. <laughs> she came back.
0: Wow you know you you talked about being involved in different sports as you were growing up and baseball and and then of course you ended up with swimming and and you've been coaching professionally but what's your take on on training and and athletes that have come to you from different sports and and then getting a mindset for getting into the water and and uh, and and how how do you develop that athleticism uh for for uh, is there special training that 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 you teach or you believe in?
1: Well, <clears throat> swimming is kind of a technique oriented and a feel for the water oriented sport. And most of the successful swimmers start swimming at a very early age. Um, the only real experience that I've had from athletes coming over from another sport, and, and there is some swimming involved, but would be water polo. I uh, coached at junior college for four years and uh, about half my team were the water polo players because the water polo coach made them swim to keep them in shape. They were already good swimmers and a lot of them became great swimmers uh, just from the coaching and the training and we won the state championship in in California three times and uh, that was a blast.
0: Yeah, I've always been interested in water polo. I, it just seems to be the conditioning like that is a lot like basketball, you know, constantly on the move.
1: Yeah, my grandson is a, a goalie at Newport Harbor High School, and uh, I'm very proud of him. And I've been to more water polo games recently than swim uh, meets. So it's been fun.
2: I would like to go over some of your accomplishments over the years, just to provide a background for my last question. We've already talked about your Hall of Fame enshrinements. Uh, There aren't too many people that have been enshrined in uh, more than one Hall of Fame in the same sport. Uh, You were an assistant coach at the Olympics in multiple years. You were the women's head coach at the Olympics in 92 you've coached 10 olympic champions you've coached 22 olympic swimmers Uh, you've coached uh, 65 u.s national championship teams according to the statistics that i've read which is pretty doggone phenomenal there's a lot to be remembered there my question to you is how do you want to be remembered as time marches on and it does become time for you to retire once and for all? You think so? Well, not necessarily, but uh, (laughs) how do you want to be remembered when it's all said and done?
1: You you know, I don't really worry about that. The things that are important to me are the letters that I get 20 and 30 years later saying thank you or saying exactly what an athlete got out of the sport. Uh, Sometimes you get thank yous you know when people graduate, but usually you get thank yous many years later, and it is so meaningful. Uh, we had a 50 year reunion a few years ago at uh, Mission Viejo, and uh, just to see all of these people come back and uh, kind of touch base with them again and tell stories about what happened. You know, the the only thing. It doesn't bother me, but I find it interesting. Uh, They don't really remember the good things. They always remember the bad things, at least their perception of bad things. I didn't really think of them as bad things, but the real tough sets, they'll talk to me about that. Or the time when I locked the gate at uh, 6 a.m. and they showed up at 6.10 and had to hop the fence. Um, Things of that nature is what they remember. And it's always fun to talk about those things, but, you know, I I just hope that they look at me and at the sport of swimming with the same fondness that I looked at Dick Wells. That, that would be my answer.
0: Amazing. You know, coach, uh, as we start to wind down, wrap up, uh, I'm just curious, you know, it's no secret, uh, certainly to anybody and, moms or dads or classmates or friends, the impact that sports and theater and arts and music, uh, which is, you know, what really is the, uh, was the impetus for us doing this, this project. But in your words, uh, how do you think, uh, and you've talked a little bit about it, but how do you think sports has made a huge difference um, in the world? Uh, You know, you know, that's an obvious Yes, it has, and in a big way, but in your words, uh, and and how do you think things now in this new uh, post-pandemic era that sports are going to play in terms of unity and bringing back and, and healing, uh, I just think it's huge.
1: Well, I think the main thing that sports gives the young athlete is self-confidence. And uh, in swimming, that is just huge. And we try to foster that, not only in competitions, but in in training as well and workouts. Uh, And I think it's very similar in every sport, Uh, you know, self-confidence and being part of a team and contributing, uh, you know, making a difference. And I think uh, young people then carry that on to the rest of their life uh as as far as the pandemic is concerned it it certainly was unfortunate uh we kind of kept training because obviously the, the virus doesn't live in chlorinated water but we really couldn't compete and that was the part that we missed the most was having swimming competitions and it, it was funny it it wasn't just the swimmers that missed it it was the parents that missed it too you know, sometimes they say, well, swimming parents, you know, they have to go to meets all day and I don't know how they do it. They love it because it's their social activity and they missed it as much as the kids did.
0: Wow. So you think the future is in pretty good hands with some of the new coaches and swim teams and programs around the country and around the world?
1: I I really do. Uh, I think that, uh, we learn a lot from each other. That's one thing about swimming is coaches tend to share pretty openly uh, and we all uh, copy each other. And uh, sometimes, you know, you invent something new, but a lot of times it's just what you learn from other coaches and I've certainly learned a lot and continue to learn a lot. I'm going to the uh, College Swimming Coaches Association uh, convention next week. And it's basically a giant clinic. And I'm going to learn a lot from all of these college coaches.
0: Wow. So you're still moving forward. Uh, so I, uh, as we wrap up, uh, you guys have any, any last thoughts or, you know, things that are on the horizon, Coach, that you'd like to talk about?
1: Well, currently I'm uh, in uh, North Carolina and Greensboro, and we're having the the national team selection for all the major competitions the rest of the year. That's quite exciting. And we we're looking forward to a world championships. Uh, a lot of these events were canceled uh, last year because the Olympics were canceled and then moved to last year. So it, it's kind of uh, moving up the schedule, but the athletes are very excited and motivated and, uh, You know, it's a pleasure to kind of be be back in that uh, sense of mentality where they really look forward to striving to make the U.S. national team.
0: Well done. I'll, I'll reach out to my colleagues. Any last thoughts? Roger, Steve?
3: I would just like to thank you again, Coach, for participating in this. And it's great to see that someone who's been so successful and at it for so many years is still, uh, inclined to continue and lo- loves to do it and loves to help kids and, uh, is moving forward and, uh, focused, focused on the future as, as, uh, somebody that's, um, you know, in a, in a stage in life that, uh, you start thinking about, uh, how long you want to work and where you want to work. And it's great to see someone like yourself continuing to be a positive role model and, in doing what you wanna do in life.
2: Again, we wanna say thanks. Uh, this has been an interesting experience for us all the way through all the interviews that we've been doing. Uh, it's wonderful to interview someone such as yourself who has had so much experience and so many accomplishments over the years. Kind of makes us Firestone alumni proud uh, to be from the same school. Uh, so we thank you very much. and. Uh, Look forward to continued amazing accomplishments in the future.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I can tell you that I never would have accomplished what I have accomplished and what my athletes have accomplished if it hadn't been for my experience at Firestone High School. I owe it a lot. Thank
0: you. I can't think of a better way to end this incredible interview. A heartfelt thank you to Coach Schubert. Uh, for taking time with us and safe journeys as you're out there. And uh, my gosh, we're going to be, uh, keeping you in prayer and, and, and the things that you're doing. Um, so to our listeners, if you're listening to this podcast prior to our 50 year reunion, uh, this September, you click around, um, uh, uh, on whatever page you're on, uh, as we put these out and check out some of the other installments of our, of our celebrity interviews. We've got Pat Carney with the Black Keys. Pat's father, Jim Carney, is talking a little bit about his relationship with his son and his brother, uh, uh, Ralph Carney, as we all remember. Susan Schmidt-Horning from The Poor Girls uh, has got a, a great episode. Phil Keggy from The Glass Heart. You'll love his uh, his answer to uh, how do you want to be remembered. Uh, coach Keith Danbrock, the head coach uh, at Duquesne. Uh, Bob Kidney from The Numbers Band. That's an interesting interview. I encourage you to listen to that. Uh, NFL professional and 1971 graduate Jeff Morrow, that's a great one, and a world-class pianist Jeff Gilliam. He's a graduate from 1977. And along with author and rock and roll historian Deanna Adams, uh, who's got a great interview with us, and uh, and as part of our ebook and our milestone 50-year celebration, Akron Rocks, it's all benefiting save the music. You can find out more about that through our website. We're raising money. We're doing a great job. Uh, it, it just the, the launch in and of itself uh, came out strong. So we're all just excited and beyond our wildest imagination. Uh, Coach, it's been a privilege once again to spend time with you. Um, we'll hopefully see the rest of you in September and uh, back again for another series of our Celebrity Podcast. Until then, safe journeys, stay well, and Godspeed.